I remember the first time I got a job to host something. I said, well, I'm not really a host. Like, I think it was the Drama Desk Awards many, many years ago. And I was like, I don't want to stand in front of my peers and try to do hosting. I'm not trained that way. I remember I got a great lesson one time from a mentor. It said, you are, though. Just be yourself. I was like, that's scary. I'm an actor. I don't, you know. And then I started to realize, no, just be you. You're going to let people see you, and then you're going to do a role, and then you're going to do this TV show, and you're going to do this movie, and have no rules. So to the younger generation that say, it's not happening fast enough, it didn't happen for me overnight. I worked constantly at it. Any extra money I had, I had a lesson. Any extra money I had, I mean, it was very slim, very slim times, but some of the best times of my life. So just because somebody doesn't answer you in three minutes doesn't mean they're not interested, not your friend, don't have an answer for you. Maybe it's just going to take a second. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I was reading the book, the team sent it over to me, and this is, forgive me, don't kill me if I'm wrong, but this is your second book, is that right? It's actually my third. My, um, I did a book. Oh, your third, okay. 2009, A Little Bit Wicked, which is a little bit of a biography. It was. And then Got it. Three year, two years ago, I, my children's book came out. Um, what will I do with my love today? It's about my dog and I, and it's about adoption because I was adopted. And now this one, I'm no philosopher, but I got thoughts. I did a lot of writing during the COVID. You got thoughts. I got, I got, I got yeah. just got a few. <laughs> <laughs> and when you were writing during COVID, was that because you were working on this project, because you needed to journal? It was cathartic. Like, where did that creativity come from? Well, my lid agent called me and said, why don't you use this time to write? You never have time. I said, I've got nothing to say. I've got nothing to say. And he goes, I don't think so. I think you, you never run out of things to say. And what came first was the, was the children's book. And I do journal at night. And w- when I started looking at my journal, especially with COVID and loss and harmony and closure and all the things I that my thoughts are in this book, start thinking maybe this would be something I can share. And it evolved into a book. I didn't know that was what was going to be. In fact, I, I only thought I would write one book. But this one, you know, I call it Many Meditations for Saints and Sinners and the Rest of Us. And that's it's what it is. It's, it's fun and it's a little, you know, reading gift. But it's also my attempt to share some fails and some sabotage and some things that I've been embarrassed by or whatever. I want people to know no matter where you are are in this life, it's called life. No one's perfect. 
no matter right. how it seems, no one's perfect. How long have you been in within Broadway in that world? Because this is something that stretches a while. And I love that you tell these stories about when you're killing it, when it's hard, when you fail at things. And I think it's such a um, relevant conversation right now for people who maybe are starting this new year and feeling like, man, last year was really hard. I'm feeling discouraged. If I haven't made it by now, it must be over. Like, can you shed a little light on what your journey looks like? Because I think it's so inspiring for anybody who's on their own. Thank you. I'd love to talk about it because when I was growing up, I was a little type A perfectionist. And with, with all that comes the impossible perfectionism and things you set yourself up that you can no way win at and forgiving yourself. I say to a lot of young artists, because um, that's the business I'm in, that's who I, I teach and talk with the most. I'm, I used to think that the millennialism was hilarious. Like, oh, my feelings. Oh, my mental health day. I need 15 minutes to myself. And I thought, no, you buck it up. You get out there and work. You make the money. Then you can play. You do all that. And I couldn't understand. Turns out they taught me a lesson, which is why another reason why I wrote the book. I learned, I've learned a lot. It's very important to talk about mental health uh, and meditation. Another thing that I used to make fun of. It's okay to be starting out and saying, I'm failing. I was on the gram the other night, Instagram, and I saw uh, a young artist that I don't know say, I failed today the minute I got out of bed. I failed at the audition I was waiting for. I failed at the dance call with 50 other women. I failed. And she said, hashtag normalize failure. And for me, that was another great lesson. It's like we all, none of us wins at everything. It'd be impossible. It'd be impossible. And I'm so glad I read that from her. I don't even know her name, but I'm sending love out to that person because that's, again, important. We set ourselves up to impossible means. And then then the anxiety comes. And then the depression comes. And then people, why are you upset? Why are you sad? What's wrong with you? I don't care. I keep repeating this, but I don't care who you are. If you're breathing, you probably have anxiety. You probably have your downtime. Some people live with depression. I'm one. That's not, that's not something that's really known um, because I don't want to be a whiner, right? But that's the truth. And the younger generation has given me the chance to say, yeah, I have that stuff. And it's okay. Well, I love that uh, the story you shared about that artist because what's interesting is that she did fail. And I'm using air quotes for anyone who can't see me. She did fail, but simultaneously, she tried to do more in one day than most people will try and do this year. So better to fail in pursuit of a change or a challenge than to stay stagnant where you are. Oh, amen, girl. I think, again, I'm still learning this lesson. It's really hard for me to forgive myself when I don't, when I'm not able to be great. First of all, I have to tell you that it's been a hard journey in that I don't want to be a disappointment to anyone that may have a vision of me, to a family member, to my friends. But you have to, the biggest lesson, the life lesson here, is you have to give yourself a break. You're going to disappoint people. The only thing you can do is, if it's brought to your attention, you can say, I'm sorry, I own that. And this 
talk of mental health, especially the past several years, I'm grateful for it. At first, like I said, it made me uncomfortable. I'm a, of a certain generation, remember. So we don't talk about that stuff. Right. In the South, I made up a chair. Well, and from about. Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, I was going to well, say, that's not a place yeah. known for its, you know, healthy, healthy approach to mental health. No, we, we suck it up and we continue on. And I made up a cheer about growing up. It's called push it down, push it down, way down, push it down, push it down, way down. So all the stuff that you struggle with, anxiety, depression, perfectionism, all of that, you push it down, right? But what happens eventually? It comes up. It comes up either in sickness. Absolutely. When you mm-hmm. least want it to, when it's going to cause the most damage, absolutely. It comes right yeah. back up. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm learning, you know, even after writing this. Yeah. Three months ago, I just crashed and burned. I was like, the schedule. I went back in after COVID full throttle and I forgot my own thing. I wasn't practicing <laughs> what I was preaching, you know? So I went back and read my book. And other books, too, that inspire me. Brene Brown's that great. Rumi, who's a, a wonderful philosopher that I love and have loved for many years. Uh, different quotes that inspire me. What inspires me? I wanted to put in the, that in the book, too, so people understand a little bit more how I operate. And maybe if it inspires me, it will inspire them. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Do you feel like that the drive that you have, this this fear of possibly disappointing others or disappointing yourself, do you feel like that also is a reason that you're as successful as you are, is that drive? And how do you hold space for both as you go forward? You know what, Rachel? That's been my biggest hardship is to learn the work-life balance because I am driven. Yeah. And I, and I do want things perfect. I want it as perfect. I want to be great always. This is not real. It's, again, a pressure we put yeah. on ourselves. Not real. It can't, it can't happen. It's been really great to share stuff from my deepest, darkest place. And funny stuff, too. I mean, it's not just, it's not Shakespeare. 
Yeah, it's really funny. No, it's really funny. And I, I also love that you weave in journal entry. Like it's sort of everything. It's yeah. really well done in that you're reading your story, you're laughing, you're learning, but you're also then prompted to kind of look at your own heart and what's going on in your life, which I think is so helpful for all of us. Thank you for that. <laughs> of course. In that journal entry, and I bet I know which one you're talking about. They're really dark thoughts yeah. um, that no one would think I would have, right? Because I'm me and I'm happy all the time, right? No. I thought I debated so much whether to put that in. But the authentic part of me was like, no, you, you got to put it in because if you're going to write the good and the pretty, you got to write the bad and the ugly. Because it's a part yeah, of Yeah, for sure. You know, and so thank you for noticing that. I, I thought it was important. I thought it was important. What are some of the lessons that you shared in this book that you feel like, man, if you guys only take this one thing away, I want you to get this? Um, you know, each chapter is labeled thoughts about humble pie, thoughts about harmony, thoughts about closure, thoughts about loss, thoughts about forgiveness, compassion. These are very hard things to talk about. I was just talking about it with my makeup artist. Forgiveness and compassion, um, probably the hardest. They're so difficult when you feel wronged. I'm so loyal. I'm a Leo lion. So when I feel wronged, it's very hard for me not to just cut the person off. That's not healthy for them. They actually don't, they don't probably care. It's not healthy for me. Forgiveness <laughs> yeah. is there for us. Forgiveness is there for us, you know? And I don't know why that's so hard. That's a big life lesson. To hold on to crap ain't worth it. And I've actually laughed yeah, at that's real. I've laughed at my, some of my behavior. Like, why did I care? You know, why did I care so much? Like, that person doesn't even know they did that probably, you know? And the world doesn't revolve around you, you know? And the day you wake up right. and realize that, I, I tell my young artists a lot, say, you know, when you, the day you wake up and realize the world doesn't revolve around you. And I don't mean that in, in a mean way. I mean it in literally, we all wake up and go, oh, that's just my perspective. <laughs> that's not the world. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, one of my goals for 2023 is to stop, I'm going to try real hard, to stop taking anything personally, just anybody else's behavior. And, and it's, if it's your partner, if it's a best friend or whatever, but I tend to, I realize, it's taken me a long time to realize this, that someone will do something, a stranger that has nothing, and I'm like, I cannot believe oh. that the woman at yoga let her leg fall over into my thing. And I'm like spinning out. And I'm like, Rachel, it's exactly what you said. This world does not revolve around me, but I also am a, a rule follower. And so when people don't follow the rules, I take it personally. So yeah, so this is my thing. Yeah, this is my thing for 2023 is like, I just keep saying this. That's not, don't take it personally. It has nothing to do with you. They're having their own experience inside their own universe, as am I. And I need to be graceful with that. I actually, thank you for that little lesson. That'll be, I didn't know that was one of mine, but it for sure is. For sure is. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, because I can get my panties thank in you. a twist. I can get my panties in such a twist over people's behavior. Also, never be surprised by what people ask of you or expect from you. It's you that has the say mm. of what you're going to be able to do. I have a trouble with no. Right. I have trouble with no. And I'm learning that. 
no is very powerful. And yeah. I'm going to continue to run myself in the ground if I don't use no. Well, what's that What's that old saying? Like, we teach people how to treat us. True. So when we're right, like it's they're only continuing to ask or they're only continuing to push because we haven't held boundaries in place. That's right. That we should have been holding. That's right. Uh, what's it's incredible too. like, I think when I was a little girl, I thought, well, when I'm 40, I'll, I'll just know it. I'll be a grown up. I'll just know all the things. I'll have all the information. <laughs> and you just keep, oh, okay, here's a new thing to work on and unpack and try and move through. It's crazy. Me too. I'm 54. And I'm like, shouldn't I have gotten it by now? Shouldn't I have gotten it by now? Right. No. Check this yeah, out. No, still, yeah. it's, that's the beautiful part about life, though, is being able to learn and acknowledge, oh, yeah, you learned that lesson. This year, I wanted to be about, you know, my whole career has been constant and a lot of my friends and people I love have always taken a back seat they know oh Kristen's busy she's got this she's got that I really like my my fiance and I have bought an apartment in Nashville almost two years ago now and we've hardly been there and I want to nest I want to nest I want to spend time with my friends I have to make time for that which means I have to say no to other stuff I need to make time for meditation, prayer, meditation, things I love to do. Go for a walk. Like for so long, I've been on a trajectory where I just, my needs were put aside. And, and, you know, being with your friends is a need. Like they, they make you happy. Yes. You know? Well, it's also the job that you have, no matter what medium that shows up in, you're pouring out energy. And if your friends are anything like mine, that's how I get my energy back. And if I'm not taking time to get energy back, I got nothing. I'll still try. Like I'll still try and pour from an empty well. But you need that moment to like, oh, right, this is who I am. And this is what it feels like to laugh until I pee my pants. And this is like what – this is why I work so hard for yes. these moments. But if you don't fight for them, you forget what the whole point was. And that's happened to me. That has happened to me. Yeah. And I'm glad to say yeah. it. I'm a work in progress, but I'm getting it. Yeah, good. Good. When how old were you when you started as an actress? Like what was that trajectory like? It was really I grew up in Oklahoma and Broken Arrow outside Tulsa. It was really ballet that got me started in acting. I loved ballet and I loved acting through movement. And then in church, I also sang. And I wouldn't say I was discovered, but kind of was. I got a solo in church and I went to a rather large church, kind of like a mega church. And Mm -hmm. somebody saw me there singing and then brought me to another church. I didn't even know that could happen. And I was only 12. And at one point, I was I was this big. And my parents just said, do you want to move to New York, LA? Do you want to do that with your life now? Or do you want to do it? They weren't, they're not, they're engineers. And I said, no, I want to be a kid, but I I love the arts and I want to do that. Drama in school and I want to do choir in school and I want to go to camp. And so that's what we did. And they, they were lucky enough to put me in ballet. I loved it. Piano. I loved it. And we didn't have a ton of money, but they worked their butts off to, to give me the opportunities. And I'm so thankful because I, I got to do what I love as a kid. I found my passion early. Yeah. Do you feel like you're an old soul? Because I can't – I have kids and I can't think of any of them at this age knowing, you know what, no, I actually want to be a little kid right now. 
did you sort of know intuitively, like, yeah, there will be time for this later? Yes. I I have still Mm. small voice, which is your gut or your faith, however you want to call it, said you will. I can't believe you said that. Like knowing you're going to have plenty of time to work, plenty of time to do all that. Enjoy this. And I can't believe you just said that because that's exactly what happened. There was that in my head. Yeah. And that's, you just nailed it. And I went with that. I just went with that. And also my parents were very protective. They didn't really want me to be a child actor. They just wanted me to do the kids. Yeah. I'm glad they encouraged that. For me, it was the right path. Some kids are just unstoppable and they're like, I'm going to whatever. And that's fine too. Just wasn't my path. That's incredible. And then I'm wondering too, like the having parents who are engineers, right? Which feels like a really different potentially personality than is a different job than what you do. But it's also a job where you're connecting point A to point B. You're doing, you know, so do you feel like that helped you as you set out on this path to kind of go, I'm here and I want to go there. What is the trajectory to get me where I need to go? Rachel, any business sense I have is because of my father. Any business sense I have is him going, even budget. I remember my first real job. He was like, you're going to work at Opryland all summer. This is what you need to come home with. And this is how you're going to do it. Food, budget, drive, gas, all of that. Old school, but it worked. I learned early on how to save money. I learned, my parents are both salt of the earth, but they, you know, they worked hard for, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, but she went to nursing school and they were just, I'm sure they looked at me like, who is this alien child that we have? Um, and why is she asking to do? I was five years old when I saw ballet on PBS. This is from my mother's mouth. I saw a ballet on PBS and I said, I want to do that. And she was, you know, a jock. She was like, what? I play, She played tennis and basketball. She's like, you want to do what? I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And so they did the best they could, thank goodness. They, they let me do what I loved. But yeah, I'm sure there's been times. Incredible. Oh, math. Math in our house is not a fun night for our homework. It wasn't. They were like, why don't you get it? I'm like, why can't you sing on pitch? <laughs> why can't you do this? Yeah. Oh, they, they would send my dad. Pitch? What's wrong? Yes. Oh, yes. They'd send my dad in and they'd send my mom and they'd send my brother in. He was like, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. And I didn't. How funny. And then wait, you said your job during the summer was you worked at Opryland? Yeah. I was 18. I was just finished my freshman year at OCU and I auditioned for Opryland and I sang and danced in one of the shows there called Way Out West. Now, Opryland doesn't exist anymore, which breaks my heart. But after that summer, I told my dad, yeah, I'm not going to be going back to OCU. I'm just going to stay here and do Opryland. And he said, yeah, you're going to go in in the car and you're going to come back to school. I said, yeah, no, thank you. But I'm going to stay here. And he came to Nashville and got me, put me in my car with all my crap. My mom drove the other car to get me back because I was not going to come back. I was not. But I'm so glad he did that. Education. I, I didn't know these pieces of your story And, you know, for five or six years, I've done the show. So I get to talk to all sorts of creators and artists and different people. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, I have this like intuition too. It sounds like your path was really guided by like your parents, by something bigger. Like it's one of the most, it's almost like, oh, well, I just sort of this and nothing sort of happens. It's all lining up. So how, were you aware of that as it was progressing in that way, like, whoa, stuff keeps 
opening up for me? Or do you only see that in hindsight? I love you so much right now. I could just <laughs> through this thing and hug you. I was adopted and I remember from the very first feelings I had that, and I, I am a Christian person. I knew that God was guiding the thing. And I, How old were you when you were adopted? A week. A week old. Oh, wow. My my daughter's adopted. Oh. I was there when she was born. So I have a special place in my heart for adopted babies. Yeah. And for your parents. It's Thank so you incredible. for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I have, yeah, I have a of special, course. Obviously, my, my mom, my adopted mom who raised me is my mother. I, yes. I want to say, though, yes. like, I met, I did meet my birth mom, and I just wanted to say to her, thank you, because she gave me life, but my mom gave me a life, and I'm so grateful yes. for it. Yes, She said, are you mad at me when I first met her? I said, are you kidding? I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But early on, I remember that, that even the way I was adopted was a miracle. My mom was to have surgery herself, full hysterectomy because of precancerous stuff. And she told her doctor she wanted to try to have a baby baby and she was sad she wouldn't be able to. He remembered that. And he also was involved with my birth mom and he knew that she was going to give me up for adoption and the person that was going to adopt me found out they were pregnant. So that person wanted someone else to have the opportunity to have a baby. So I have three mothers. The one that I never met that gave me that had the second. Wow. Yeah, and then Lynn, who gave birth to me, who I'm very close with today, and my mom, my mom, who is my mother, like she's my mother. And I feel wow. so close to all of them for different reasons. And I know that that's God. And for some people, they don't have a higher power. They don't believe that. That's okay, too. That's just my path. My higher power has been God. Right. It's, in, it's also yes. knowing these things and seeing how they've in, uh, laid themselves out for me, I've had to go, okay, I guess, God, this is where you want me. Did I ever think I'd be in show business? I thought I'd be a Christian singer. Oh, wow. Or a ballerina. Yeah. And so you can't right, write right. God's story. You make plans and he just winks. And so I know I'm where I'm supposed yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's true. And I will say this, you know, Christian um, faith has been very judgmental at times. And mm -hmm. I really want to show people, I'm not perfect, like I've said 15 times in this thing, but there's a lot of people out there who are really just trying to do their best with their faith. And I, my job is yeah. to follow, follow what God and Jesus taught, whether people agree in it or not, right. which is love. Two things, feed the poor and love one another. And that goes for people. Love thy neighbor. Do. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. That's really why we're here. And so that's my message. Yeah. And I just, have to, I just happen to be in the business to tell it. And that just because you're a certain right. way, I mean, you're going to tell. Just because you don't believe just doesn't mean that. It's a different, I would say I'm more of a very open Christian than, you know, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but that's what I mean yeah. to say. No, I, I, I hear that completely. And I think it's a really interesting path when you're guided, because I believe we all are, regardless of what you, what anybody thinks or believes, I, I think God, the universe, whatever that source is for you, is guiding us in a path. Yes. And when we are most aligned with the path we're meant to be on, we feel the most in flow. Like it's the easiest, it's just sort of all is happening. 
it's not the same for everybody. Certainly uh, different people have different stories and different hardships and all of those things. I just have never talked to someone before where I'm like, oh yeah, it was being lined up for you. But also you had to study and practice to do what you do is not one skill. It's multiple. Like some people are singers and that's amazing. It's one thing, but you're singing, you're dancing, you're acting. It's a personality, it's a brand, it's all of that. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. So 
So what did that look like as you, like you're at Opryland, daddy comes and gets you and says, you're not dropping out of school. We're going to keep on trucking. Uh, When did you go all in on the path you're in today? When did you say, okay, I'm an actress or I'm a singer. I'm going to go to New York and I'm going to try this thing out. First of all, you're just, you're just awesome. Um, I'll say that. Um, (laughs) Secondly, I want to say for me, really, I was at OCU. I had a big mentor there. I mean, my everything, my teacher, Florence Birdwell. And I had auditioned for Academy of Vocal Arts in Philadelphia. It's one of our foremost opera training programs in the country. And they don't accept very many people. And I had a full ride, full scholarship. But I always knew the very first thing I was, was an actor. I mean, you know, Domingo would have been one of my teachers. Uh, Sills at the time, they drop in. They, these are the teachers. And a couple of weeks before the program started, I went to New York with my best friend, Denny. And he was auditioning for some stuff. And I thought, why don't I just see what it's like? Because I'm still an actor, right? I'm still an actor. That's really where I... To me, it started through ballet, but it's getting out, getting it out through the arts, getting it out, you know, singing because you can't speak it. All those things. Moving is an extension of that. And it came down to I get a part at Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. And they're like, who's your agent? I'm like, I don't have one. You can call my dad, which they did. And I had a big decision to make. I know it's true. He's like, did you know you can join That's the union? so precious. Oh. <laughs> you know, again, there was a path. There was a fork in the road. And mm-hmm. he said, now, listen, if you don't go to AVA, your opera career is, I said, I don't see why I can't do both. I maybe won't sing at the Met or Carnegie Hall, but I just feel like I'm an actor and I got to do it. What I didn't know was... I would play the Met. I would play Carnegie Hall. It just didn't, it wasn't how I thought it would be. I'm so grateful it turned out that way. So I, I didn't go to AVA. Right. I didn't go. I followed my gut. I followed my gut, which was, you want to do Broadway, girl. That's what you want to do. I mean, don't, don't quit because it's not the right thing to do because nobody from your school's ever made AVA or it'll disappoint your teacher, which it did all disappoint her. I mean, she didn't talk to me for two years, but it was the right thing for me. And did I do Phantom? Did I? Yes. Did I do that? Did I? Did I have I done two solo concerts at the Met? I've done five at Carnegie Hall. It's just God. It's just that's how it rolled out. Have I done operas at the Met? No, but I've had the opportunity to be in such great halls all over the world. I never, maybe not, would yeah. have had that. I don't know. I don't know what it would have been. I'm glad I made the decision. And Dad Isn't said, it- "All I care." You got you to gotta tell them yourself. I said, would you tell them? I'm scared. I don't know what it... And he goes, so we'll do it together. But I was on that call. I didn't say much. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an incredible reminder that there... I, I'm thinking of this quote that's like, we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can accomplish in a decade. And... You know, I'm thinking of this younger generation, right, who has grown up with a phone in their hand, has grown up with the immediacy of the internet, and gets discouraged because the dream isn't happening fast enough. And you have experienced this incredible career. I was even thinking of it before we, uh, before I came on to the call with you today. How many actors or actresses have 
household names who started on Broadway. It's very slim. I mean, it's you. Like, (laughs) it might just be you on the list. It's such – because your career has become something so much bigger than this person who does this thing. It's so much bigger than that. But that sounds like it was – a lifetime of work. So could you speak to that sort of encouraging people of like, yeah, I started here and then I went over here and then it was there. And it it's not a linear path, but you get to Carnegie Hall all the same. Yeah, I really want, thank you for asking this. I want to tell, especially young artists, that I didn't just arrive. Yes, I got a job. I did. But I just arrived and be on Broadway. I had four roommates. We had the clapper for the lights. I ate ramen noodles I was off Broadway in the Fantastics for 180 bucks a week. I was willing to go anywhere and work. I loved it that much. So if you don't love it that much, don't. You love the process. I love, you love the process. I still do. I yeah. still do. I look forward to rehearsal. Like some people are like, oh, or even an audition. Yes, I audition. I look forward to it. Maybe I'm going to get it. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll learn something. Also, I didn't put rules on myself. I didn't even know that about myself, but I never said, I'm just going to do this or I'm just going to do that. No, I love to do it all. And that comes with a heavy load of, you know, of different kinds of working, but I really do love, you know, I remember the first time I got a job to host something. I said, well, I'm not really a host. Like, I think it was the Drama Desk Awards many, many years ago. And I was like, I don't want to stand in front of my peers and try to do Hosting, I'm not trained that way. I remember I got a great lesson one time from a mentor. It said, you are, though. Just be yourself. I was like, that's scary. I'm an actor. I don't, you know. And then I started to realize, no, just be you. You're going to let people see you, and then you're going to do a role, and then you're going to do this TV show, and you're going to do this movie, and have no rules. So to the younger generation that say, it's not happening fast enough, it didn't happen for me overnight. I worked constantly at it. Any extra money I had, I had a lesson. Any extra money I had, I mean, it was very slim, very slim times, but some of the best times of my life. So just because somebody doesn't answer you in three minutes doesn't mean they're not interested, not your friend, don't have an answer for you. Maybe it's just going to take a second. That's the only critique I have of our phone situation. Remember the library? Remember when I couldn't just look something up? I went, and I'm the generation that had to go to the library and look something up. I can't just go, who wrote such and such? Or who was the original part? No, we had to go to the library. There's something to that that I miss in our generation, today's times. Mm. There's also beautiful things that we can do with the internet. But I I do miss that. I do. There's a lot of things that you just said that remind me of, if you have not watched this yet, Moon Age Daydream. Do you know it's the David Bowie documentary? Oh my gosh. And I love writing it down. Okay. it's on. You can stream it on Amazon Prime. And I know this because I keep sending it to everybody. I could cry. It is the most incredible, creative, the, I, I don't even have words. You'll watch it and you'll understand. But one of the things that I find so amazing about the study of his life and his artistry is that he loved the process. And he talks about that because the documentary has, there was something like 500 hours of footage that they pulled from where he's explaining that he's in it for the process. And he painted, he sculpted, he acted, he sang, he, cause he just loved 
creating. And he talks about his contemporaries at the time, so like Dylan or whoever, that he's he says, you know, I worry for my friends because they're working for the outcome. And so it, they're they're at the mercy of the outcome, but I'm only doing this for the creative process. And if you or anybody else is a creative, it's one of the most inspiring things I've ever seen in my life. But like, oh, it's amazing. First of all, I love him. Yeah. He wrote one of my favorite oh. songs of all time called Life on Mars. Not a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I just, Bowie was, again, ahead of his time. I do, I yes. watch it and I do, I will relate to that because I'm not, I want to be great, but it's the getting, it's being great, the getting there that's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably, by the way, why you've been able, it's like following that intuition and also staying interested in the process versus the outcome. That's why I'm I'm totally putting this on you. And obviously I was not there for the ride, but I'm assuming that's why you've had this flowy success because every study of successful people, of athletes, of artists going back through history, those are the things that we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be obsessed with the process, listen to our intuition, get in situations. You did this with Opryland. You did this with New York. Put yourself into situations where people are doing the thing you want to do and then just try. <laughs> it's like textbook. You didn't, you weren't following a textbook. You were writing one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you. And everything you just said, yes. that inspires me. You understand? Because you're creative too. And some days it just doesn't come. There's another misconception. Right. It's like there's a book report due with this book. I felt like there was a constant, I'm going to get a C plus, you know, and, and I'm late. I'm late. First of all, we have to give ourselves a little grace. We've all been through a crap ton right. with COVID and everything. But thank you for saying that because you're so right. The thing that I look forward to the most in my job is, especially with concerts, getting in the room with my band and my background singers and us just having a day where we just sing. It's not for the performance or the concerts coming up. It's just, will this song work? Let's see what we can do with it. Let's make it different. Let's make it fun. Let's just do it for ourselves. That's when you know you're in something that you love. And they they always go with me because they love it too. It's just, I call it playtime. Yeah. We need some playtime. Thank so you So as you that. look out over, oh yeah, of course, of course. I mean it. As you look out over 2023, we're in January, we've got this year ahead of us, and you're working on balance and yes. how do how does it look for you to continue to pursue this thing you love but also hold space for the life you want to live it's not gonna be easy for me because I'm really not good at it. I'm getting better the word no is powerful and it's a full sentence way, the word no yes no period um not no yes, because, yes. you know not no because or no I wish I all of those things are true. But if I'm going to make time for my fiance and to nest, you know, we've been engaged. You know, we we just, and we work together too, and that's really awesome and we're lucky. But I need to spend time with my family and friends and enjoy the experiences. Like I look back in time and I think, was I really enjoying when that thing happened? No, I was on to the next, on to the next. And that's been a life lesson too. I'd like to be more in the moment. And, you know, Oprah's been saying it for so long, but she's so right. Be in the moment so you can enjoy your success, the fruits of your labor, and also your fails. 
how you fail. Enjoy that because it's the only way you get better and learn. Easier said than done though, right? Right. There is, um, since I've recommended a documentary to you, I will now uh, <laughs> give you a thought, something I learned last year that was hugely helpful for me because I am yeah, also I an achiever. Yeah, okay, great. And every time I achieve something, I think I am able to feel it for three yeah. minutes. And then it's, yeah, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? One of the most powerful things I learned last year was the idea of measuring backwards. So for an achiever, we're always thinking about where we are and where we want to go. And there's a gap. Uh, So there's an incredible book called The Gap Versus the Gain. Where we are versus where we want to go, there will forever be a gap. We'll never actually be happy or fulfilled because we're constantly judging where we are against where we want to go. But if instead of looking forward, you measure backwards, so you go, I'm right here. Where was I nine months ago? Where was I 10 years ago? Where was I in this area? Like you're working on learning to say no. And you could look at where you want to be and feel like, dang it, I'm not quite there yet. Or you could go, well, yeah, but 10 years ago, I would be run ragged right now because I wouldn't even have the small ability I have right now. So measuring backwards, that's been a life-changing thing for me. That's actually this interview has inspired me so much. You're so right. And I've never looked at it like that, but you're right. Cause the in between times, right. the in between times can be the times of anxiety and uh, demand, demanding things of yourself instead of like going, okay, being still so you can hear and not being right. so focused on the mouse and the hamster wheel. Yeah. The hamster wheel. Exactly. Hamster wheel has been my That's a great, thank you. Measuring backwards that I'm going to take that lesson with me. Thank you. It's a practice like anything else because we are wired to think and act in a certain way. This is me. So I'm like, oh, I need some time to rest and I'll get through a big project. But as soon as I have that moment to rest, I'm like, I'm not achieving anything. Quick, come up with another. And so I do it to myself. I do it to myself. So that has really helped me. That's really a great thing for me. Um, I do the same thing. Okay. Now you're going to meditate. Your mind wanders. I'm really, I'm really still learning so many things. I mean, meditation is new for me. The sound baths are new to me. Yoga. Again, I used to make fun of these things because I thought, no, you're weak if you do that. No, you're stronger for doing that. Absolutely. The ability to be still is incredibly difficult and it is a practice. It does not come easy. And some days it feels easier than others. And some days you're like, "Ah, I can't. So (laughs) I also think it's so inspiring to see someone that many of us would look at your career or look at your life from the outside. Obviously, we don't know what it feels like on the inside, but it is easy to look at that and be like, well, she's got it. She's figured it all out. She's done all the things she's doing. So I want to acknowledge the vulnerability in this book and this conversation, and I know it's going to be profoundly helpful to anyone who picks it up because I was gaining wisdom and knowledge and ideas as I was reading through it. Is there, if if people are listening to this conversation and they want to get the book, they want to follow you on social, I'm sure they already do, but just in case they don't, will you tell us, like, tell us where to find the book, find you, what do you have coming up? Give us all the, the juicy promo details. First of all, thank you for such a great interview. I mean, measuring backwards right now, I can, all I can, I know you're talking to me, but I'm thinking about that. 
<laughs> my brain is that way, so I understand. Thank you. I'm like measuring backwards. When was the last time? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like doing it. Um, anywhere where people get books, you can get this book. I just was asked, where do you want right. to see the book in the in the bookstore? I said, in the front. <laughs> and they said, oh, we met section. I go, no, I want to see it in the front. But um, Amazon, it's, yes. it's the book of the month for January. So obviously there, Target, Walmart, bookstores. And just think of it as, it is a little gift that I want people to maybe even give their friends. But thank you for the vulnerable thing because I really did did go there. And it's important to share, yeah. not just the good, not just the good times, but also it's. I wanted it Absolutely. to be a light read. I mean, you can read this book very quickly. I'm like I said, I'm not Brene Brown, I'm not Shakespeare, but it's me. It's me. Kristen, thank you so much for the time. I am believing that this is the first of many conversations we'll get to have together. So I'm grateful that I got to spend it with you and hear your story. I learned a lot about myself from you, girl, today. Today. Same, by the way, same. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Incredible. Thank you for the time. And hopefully we will get to to talk again in the future. And good luck with, uh, with the press. Thank you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we're all super busy. We have so many things filling up our plate each and every day. And... I like to imagine what it would be like if I had an extra hour. Like, what would I do? I like to think that I would be my absolute best self and I would meditate and make sure I'm journaling more. I would do my morning pages. I would really take advantage of that time. But in order to know what to do with your time, you have to understand what your priorities are. And therapy can be a really fantastic way to figure that out. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a quick questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash rach to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash rach.